What up, everybody? It's Cuff of the Vision Lab Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Farmers Insurance, the Robert Garcia Agency. If you're looking for the best insurance and customer service, make sure you pick up the phone and dial 972-645-1844. Whether it's home, life, or business insurance, Robert and his staff are the best at protecting you and your family. Once again, that's Farmers Insurance, the Robert Garcia Agency. Agency. The phone number, 972-645-1844. And the website is farmersagent.com forward slash R Garcia. And don't forget to mention the Vision Lab podcast. Hey, y'all. It's your favorite wedding planner, Rachel Burke Garcia of As You Wish Events. You are listening to the Vision Lab podcast with Cup and Mo. Welcome back to the Vision Lab podcast in partnership with Nexum Creative. I'm Ryan Cuffey, alongside my co-host, Mr. Ryan Mosley. The Vision Lab is a platform focused on growth and exploring the developmental path of people's visions and dreams and how those dreams come into reality. It's all about tapping into the best versions of ourselves. Yo, Mo, who do we have on the show today? Cuff, today's guest is a native of Plano, Texas. She is the owner of the wedding planning service, As You Wish. Please welcome Rachel Burt Garcia to the Vision Lab podcast. Hey guys, I'm so excited to be here. Good morning, how are we doing? Doing great, doing great, can't complain. Love it, love it. Well, thank you so much uh, for carving out carving out some time of your busy schedule to, uh, to jump into the lab and talk with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Cuff, before we get started, can we pay some bills? Yes, let's get it going. Absolutely. So um, obviously, thank you to uh, all of our sponsors, uh, Robert Garcia and the Farmers Insurance Agency uh, in Lucas, Texas. Um, Edwina and the family at Blowing Smoke Cigar Lounge in Duncanville, Texas. The address there is 215 West Camp Wisdom Road. And um, obviously, all the good guys there at Definition Cigars. Uh, get to them on Instagram uh, at Definition Cigars or uh, their web address, uh, definitioncigars.com. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's just jump on into it, Rachel. Um, springtime is here. You know, this typically yeah. kicks off, um, you know, wedding season. This year, uh, obviously, it's going to be a little different. You know, That's what do you so think? <laughs> what do you think about the uh, the impact of COVID nineteen and um, you know the pandemic, and how that's going to affect uh, the wedding and event planning industry? Absolutely. So it's a really hard time in um, not only our industry but in the world right now, right? And um, you know, I keep just counting my blessings that um, you know myself and my family are healthy and safe and that we haven't been directly affected by this as far as uh, from a health perspective. Right. But from a business perspective, I mean, things have been kind of kind of scary. Sure. And the wedding industry as a whole here in Dallas is this huge industry. And um, you know, on any given Saturday, you might be having 20 huge weddings downtown, especially during wedding season, which you know, in the spring can be kind of like you know, April to June timeframe, right? So we're really in the thick of when all these weddings are typically taking place. So unfortunately, you know, all of these weddings are having to be rescheduled and it's not even a choice. It's, you know, the government saying you can't have any social gatherings. So not that you would want to or want to put anybody in jeopardy as far as their health and their safety. Um, but this is unprecedented. There's yeah. never been in my 11 year career, a time where the government has said, nope, can't have weddings, sorry. So what do we do? It's kind of like the wild west and we're all figuring it out. And as a wedding planner, you have great responsibility to be the point person and to manage not only the clients and you know making sure they feel comfortable with transitioning their wedding to another time, but also managing the vendors and making sure that you know, their availability lines up with the client's new availability and when are we going to push this to and should we push it to fall of this year or should we push it to 2021 and how does that affect everybody financially, emotionally, you know, yeah. there's just so much that goes into it and I say all the time I really should have minored in psychology because <laughs> there it's like a big old puzzle and just trying to fit all the pieces together and make everybody happy is is a challenge but I'm doing my best. <laughs> Yeah, and you've been you've been killing it. I mean, Thank you. Um, you have grown your business over the last eleven years to really cover some elites here in the uh, DFW area. Yeah. You want to highlight some of the big names that you've done wedding planning for? 
Sure, sure. I think one of um, the ones that I am most proud of is I was able to help with the wedding from Mark Ferris and Vic Holmes. And they were the couple that um, challenged the state of Texas to legalize gay marriage. So that was really um, a highlight of my career wow. because it, and you know, I, on wedding days, I'm so go, go, go and crazy, you know, I'm running around doing things and um, I don't often get swept up in the emotion of it, but I will never forget that day, just taking a moment, stopping and watching about five minutes of the ceremony, which I never get to do and just crying because I was like, this is such a big momentous um, occasion in our country's history. And it's so cool that I have the opportunity, you know, to um, be here and to be able to help this couple on their big day. So that was, that was a really sweet um, moment for me. Uh, another really cool thing that I've gotten to be a part of is the Real Housewives of Dallas. Okay. And so it hasn't been in a wedding aspect, but it's been, um, more of like a party planning aspect. So um, I, I'll never forget when I first got the call from Trey, Stephanie Holman's assistant, who's one of the housewives, uh, I totally thought it was a fake call. Because you know, all the time people are calling us, you know, shopping, trying to get our pricing, trying to see what we're up to. And at first when um, he called me, I was like, this can't, this can't be real, they want me. Um, but it was really neat to be able to be a part of their celebrations and I've helped Stephanie with like three parties now. And, um, that's been a really fun process to, you know, be kind of behind the scenes and get to see how the show goes down and to help plan those parties and then be on the show has been fun. Sure. So, so you've hit a home run by combining your talent, um, with your passion and your purpose. When did you discover this as a creative level of intelligence? Oh gosh. Um, so I would say that I've known my whole life that I'm creative and, um, you know, growing up, I loved to dance and I uh, was part of the Dallas Repertoire Ballet. And, but at the same time, um, I balanced that creativity with, I was really studious and, you know, on the honor roll and really cared about the rules and uh, the regulations at school and wanting to be the best in my class. And, um, you know, kind of have that perfectionist mentality. So I, from a really young age, I had that kind of balance of creativity, yet kind of logistics. And so when I went off to college, I really thought I was going to be a fashion designer. That was uh -huh. my goal. You know, Project Runway was a huge show back then. So, yeah. you know, I thought I'm going to put my creativity into being a fashion designer. I have so many ideas. You know, I really thought that's what I wanted to do until I had my first semester of fashion design um, <laughs> at Florida State. And I realized really quickly like, hmm, sewing really isn't for me. Um, so that, you know, kind of went by the wayside. And I honestly kind of struggled to figure out, well, what is it that, how can I marry these talents that I have? And it wasn't until my roommate actually got married that I realized, um, that this was going to be a career path for me because um, she was a senior, I was a sophomore, and um, I wasn't part of the wedding, not a bridesmaid or anything like that, but, um, you know, she didn't work with a planner. She and her mom planned her wedding while she was still in college, and there was just a lot going on, and bless her heart, she didn't have a planner, and so really the weekend of her wedding, um, you know, myself and my friends came for it, and there was a lot to jump in and help with. And um, especially given that her venue that she picked, it was the first wedding they'd ever done. So wow. that combined with not having a planner um, and just being kind of in the middle of the countryside, you know, it was, there was a lot that needed to be done. And all my friends just kind of looked to me and said, okay, Rachel, what are we going to do? And um, so I was able to, you know, I mean, we were hosing off chairs. We were, you know, running to the store and getting poster board to, you know, uh, write out parking signs because it was hard to find and we're staking them in the ground. I'm, you know, helping do hair and makeup because there wasn't enough hair and makeup artists. Like there's just a lot to be done and not in a bad way, but just in a everyone pitch in and help kind of way. And so um, that honestly, I will credit 
her for really sparking my passion um, for wedding planning and just realizing like, okay, I have that get it done mentality. Um, you know, everybody's turning to me in a moment of panic of what do we do? So um, it was then that I realized, okay, I should look into this as a career. So that's when I started looking for internships back in Dallas where I'm from. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Got you. So when, when that happened, you say you started you know, looking for internships. I'm curious because yeah. you are where you are now and everyone knows, knows what, what you do. Like you're, you're, you're top of the food chain. But how many different companies did you work for before you decided, hey, I'm going to do my own thing and run my own ship? Definitely. Um, so it's kind of a funny story. Uh, the very first place that I interned was As You Wish Events, which was then owned by a different owner. I actually purchased the business from her later. So that's kind of a little bit of backstory that I'll get into. But so I worked uh, as an intern that very next summer for As You Wish. And then I worked for another company called Todd Events for a year after I graduated. So just those two. How valuable were the lessons that you learned as an intern and both being, I guess, for lack of a better word, an understudy? Uh, how, how valuable were those lessons, you know, as you became an actual oh my owner? Gosh invaluable you, i mean you don't know what you don't know right like i'll never forget the very first wedding meeting that i went to with shari johns who was the original owner of as you wish and sitting there just writing down just vocabulary i didn't know like they were throwing around words like okay we're gonna need a 60 inch round we're gonna need you know a shivari and i'm like what are they even <laughs> talking about and of course now it's like those words are you know second nature it means a 60 inch round table a shivari chair you know there's there's certain you know terms in the industry where you're just like you don't know what you don't know you don't know what size dance floor that you should make for you know 200 people you don't know how many people can fit in a given space you don't know what the best way to timeline a wedding would be you don't know how much vendors cost so how would you even create a budget so there i mean to me it has got to be so difficult to just jump in thinking you know oh i could plan a wedding and never having done it before and never having worked for anybody else and never having seen how other people do it um you know, those lessons are invaluable. I, I learned so, so much from mentoring under Shari and for working for Todd. And so you, you basically had two entry-level positions, if you will, yeah. before you decided to transition and becoming, to becoming the owner of AYW. Is that, am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. So how it went is, you know, I interned for um, Shari when I was um, either a sophomore, I believe I was a, a sophomore. Um, in college and that summer after my sophomore year and absolutely loved it you know thought she thought the world of her and her company and then after college I had the opportunity to work with Todd and his company is um, you know at the time bigger and um, does like destination weddings and just kind of gave me an opportunity to do a different side of things I was more on the um, production side so I would uh, be the one that was sourcing like the furniture, the, you know, the rentals, the things that were needed to get, you know, from point A to point B. And then also I was put in a management role of like managing a crew. So, you know, figuring out the trucking and figuring out who is going to be, you know, working that event and uh, what were they all going to be doing on site? And do we have everything that we need to set this event up? And once we get there, is everybody doing what they're supposed to be doing? And so, um, you know, I had never managed anybody before. So that was a huge learning lesson for me to be managing people. I mean, we're talking like men in their forties, you know, other girls in their twenties, you know, it was just like, it ran the gambit. So that was a valuable lesson for me to learn as well. So after I worked for him for a year, Shari had reached out to me and said, Hey, I have a position open to be a wedding planner. And that's what I wanted. I wanted to be client facing. I wanted to take the wedding all the way from, you know, birth to actually the wedding weekend and be with the client one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and, you know, that wasn't my position back then. So, um, you know, I made the choice to move over to As You Wish and I worked for Shari for, gosh, probably a year and a half to almost two years. And, um, you know, the opportunity presented itself to move into an ownership role. And so uh, when I was 23, I made that leap. Wow. Wow. So, so I want to really, this is, this is super dope. Like I want to jump into this part, like the mental shift of yeah. being 
really working your way up from an internship to an entry level position to now being, you know, the owner. Like, yeah. can you talk to our visionaries about that mental shift that had to take place in your mind on now I'm actually not only my choreographing weddings and, and events and in charge of people, but now I've got to think company wide. You know what I mean? Right, right, absolutely. And so, of course, with that, comes so much fear. And I don't think people talk about that enough of, uh, you know, the, the panic that sets in when it's like, okay, the buck stops here, everything's on my shoulders, it's my responsibility now, you know, to make sure that everybody that works for me eats, you know? And, um, and, and at that young age, that was um, an intense uh, a feeling. And, you know, it's not for the faint of heart, for sure. And I, it, it, you know, I credit um, my husband immensely with, who was just my boyfriend at the time, um, with believing in me because nobody, you know, in my family is an entrepreneur. So I didn't really um, ever grow up thinking even that it was an option to own your own business. You know, my family's super supportive and awesome and loving, and I, I come from an amazing family, but that's just, uh, that's just not something anybody had chosen to do. So coming at it from a, a standpoint of, I had never even thought about this, to then, oh my gosh, here I am, 23, owning a company. It, it just, that shift, I think, was even greater for me because it's not something that I had always envisioned. It was just kind of like the opportunity presented itself. My mentor, Shari, really believed in me. Uh, you know, Abel, my boyfriend, who's now my husband, really believed in me. You know, my family had my back. So it was kind of one of those things of like, if I don't do this, I'm going to regret not trying and always wonder if I could have. So I took the leap. And it was intense. It was, um, you know, it, it jump in the deep end and see if you can swim. Right. And it was not only, cause you know, I knew I was a good wedding planner. I knew that I could, you know, make a timeline like the best of them. You know, I knew that I could facilitate the wedding on the wedding day. I knew that. What I didn't know was accounting, you know, how am I gonna, you know, do my QuickBooks and, uh, you know, really honing, marketing and oh gosh now I'm in charge of the website and all of our social media and you know just every you all of a sudden you wear all the hats and so then you got to figure out how to delegate that amongst your team and so it's not something that I feel like I you know was perfect at right away um it took time and it took intense amount of effort to figure out what worked and what worked for me because I think at the beginning especially with being so young I fell into this trap of um this is how a wedding planning company should be and it's it you know it at the time most everybody and you guys can jump in if I'm talking too much because I know this is good no this, this is, is this, good. Is, this <laughs> is what the vision lab is we, all we, about we yeah we want to pull back behind the curtains and let our visionary know like, this yeah. is what you actually have to deal with. Like, you're yeah. going to have to figure out how to work through QuickBooks. You're going to have to figure out, yeah. you know, how to put uh, food on the table for other people's families, right? Yeah. All while, you know, maintaining a, your business and keeping a, a, your mind sane. So, yeah, like, yeah. keep going. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so, you know, at the time with wedding planning, most wedding planning companies, I won't say all because I don't know that for a fact, but most wedding planning companies in Dallas were offering three different packages, right? A full service planning package where you can, you know, be a part of the their journey from start to finish. And then more of a month of package where it's like, hey, you planned your whole wedding a month before, pass me back all the contracts and I'll just run the show the day of. Right. Um, and then somewhere in between, like a middle of the road where maybe you go to some meetings with them, you know, maybe you help them with, you know, their flowers or something, something in the middle. So there were those three packages. So at the time, almost all of the wedding planners were doing it that way and doing, you know, like 35, 40 weddings a year. And I mean, the way that a lot of them were structured were that there would be a lead wedding planner and then there would be multiple other wedding planners on um, their team. 
So I did it that way for a while. I had other wedding planners that worked on my team and we took so many events and we were working all the time. And, you know, being that young and just hungry, you know, we're go, go, go. And I mean, we did 30, 40, 50 weddings a year, like, you know, between all the planners. So it was a lot. And as a manager, not only are you managing your own weddings, but you're managing, you know, the other planners weddings that are working for you. And so two years in a row for me, and this is just my journey. And there's a ton of people that still operate their businesses this way and it works for them, which is awesome. Um, but what happened to me is the planners that were working under me started after about working for me for a year. Uh, one of them had to move away because of her husband's job. One of them, you know, kind of left and did something else. So the problem comes into play that weddings are planned in advance, right? So you book a wedding planner about a year before your wedding. So those girls that worked for me had booked weddings, you know, far in the future that maybe I was already booked on that weekend. So this kind of happened consistently to me two years in a row where we were running into having to outsource because we were, you know, unfortunately, because of these other, you know, wedding planners leaving, it, it just was so intense having to cover for the people that weren't at the company anymore. And it was just not working. And at the time, I didn't really realize that there was another way to do it until I hired a business coach, which I recommend to anybody. And it's actually something I offer now because, um, and I've, you know, mentored somebody that's really up and coming in the industry and I'm so proud of her and she is kicking ass and taking names. Um, I won't mention who it is just in case she doesn't want me to, but <laughs> she is just killing it. I'm so proud of her. So it's something that changed my business completely. And so I want to get back and do that for other people. Um, but what my business advisor told me, you know, and I was really strategic about who I hired this person, you know, had worked with the top wedding planners in LA, Dallas, New York, Chicago, he knew everything that they were doing and um, what worked for them in their markets. And so he was able to tell me, you know, Rachel, you don't have to be killing yourself every single weekend. You know, you can scale back and go after bigger weddings and do fewer of them, which yeah. is at the end of the day, the market that I was already in, you know, um, I, I had the unique advantage because As You Wish had been open for 13 years before I purchased it. So it already had this amazing reputation and we were already, you know, getting wonderful inquiries and we were um, on the list at all the big hotels, you know, so I was already ingrained in this amazing wedding market. And so it was really easy for me to just like take that and scale it up because we're already here. You know, we're not starting from the ground. We're already here. We're taking it even higher. And so um, anyway, so my advisor said, you know, you're already doing these huge scale weddings and Dallas is just such a big market, you know, it would serve you better and it would serve your clients better if you scaled back and just focused. And so that was huge for me to, to take that advice on. And, and at the time, not many people were doing that. And he worked with me to figure out, you know, my pricing structure to make it be the best fit for my clients and to be able to scale back and to be able to, um, you know, better serve my clients because I know I didn't mention this, but um, I went to uh, the Denman School of Hospitality at Florida State. That's my major. I am um, all about service and I want my clients to not only have an amazing wedding day, but have this amazing wedding planning journey. And so I want them all to be over the moon happy with their experience with me. Um, so making this shift was imperative in order for me to stay sane and for my clients to have the best experience. So let me ask you this. Um, how do you balance giving the a bomb ass wedding, right? Yeah. But then making it affordable. Now, I understand now that your, your clientele is probably a lot different from when, you know, it was when you first started. Sure. But how do you balance, you know, having someone's vision 
um, in the palm of your hands, but then also knowing that they've got a budget that they've got to, to stay with. Yeah. Like, how do you scale that in terms of pricing? Yeah, absolutely. And everyone has a budget, you know, whether it's $10,000 or, you know, $250,000, whatever it may be, everybody has a budget. Um, and it's not ever really the sky's the limit, you know, as, as glamorous and as fun as that sounds. Um, what I do is the very first thing that I do when my clients book me is have the budget meeting. And I don't know how other planners feel about that, but and it's maybe not the most fun conversation to have, but it's the most important conversation to have regarding the wedding. Because I don't want to lead my clients down a path of, oh, I think this photographer would be really great for you. Oh, I think this hair and makeup artist would be really great for you. But they're, you know, they're then outside the budget. The budget is the first thing you have to set. So, you know, my expertise is having, you know, 11 years of experience in the industry to be able to have that conversation with my clients, get an idea of what they're wanting, sense their style and personality, and be able to then, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into it. And it takes, you know, having done this a million times to, to be able to eyeball it. But, um, you know, guest count is a huge factor. Uh, so the more guests that you have at your wedding, the more expensive it's going to be. Um, because you have to feed them the bar tab for them, you know, their seat at a table with a linen, with a centerpiece, with a plate, with the forks and knives, with the, you know, cup. There's, there's little things that go into it with every single guest that you add. Their invitation, their save the date, you know, I could go on and on. Um, so that's something I advise my clients on is if, you know, we're having a hard time fitting everything that you want within your budget, maybe let's take a look at your guest count. So that's something that I use a lot. Um, your time of year, you know, it, here in Dallas, there's high season and low season. Um, you know, Saturdays are the most sought after. So if there's something that, uh, you know, if you're wanting a certain type of wedding, maybe having it on a Thursday, Friday, Sunday might get you a better deal than having it on a Saturday. Having it in an off month might get you a better deal than having it, you know, in October or in June, which are huge wedding months here. So, um, I am curious from a from an ownership standpoint, and you yeah. kind of already alluded to it when it comes to the first thing you do is talk about the budget, right? Uh -huh. What do you do to protect your brand in the sense of, let's say you have a, a couple and they, they've signed on to let you to, to plan their event and they want something that artistically, if I can use that word, doesn't sure. agree with doesn't agree with your palette. And I ask that as far as protecting the, the brand. Because ultimately, when people see the wedding pictures, they're going to say, well, who, who planned that wedding? Who designed that wedding? Definitely. What happens when you get to a point where it's like, man, I really don't think that looks good, but they're, they're within budget. They, they, you, know, they, you sign contracts. Like, How do you protect yourself when it comes to that situation? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, and I don't know if I mentioned this, and when I shifted my business model, I no longer did month of wedding planning, partial planning packages. Now I only do full service and I only take about 12 to 14 weddings a year, depending on kind of the size and where they fall. So, um, with now, is, that that you, said, is that you exclusively or is that AYW as a whole? So I now am the only wedding planner. So if okay. you book as you wish, you're booking me and then I have my team that assists me. So, um, yeah, I have my right hand woman, Victoria, she's been with me ever since I owned the business and she is, I mean, a rock star. I could not do this without her. She's fantastic. Um, so she's with me every step of the way we have, you know, freelance employees that work with us that help us with, you know, projects that we do in the office. I have part-time girls that work on the weekends that help us facilitate the events. So, um, it's just, you know, myself front facing with the client um, you know, being there every step of the way and then support staff instead of having multiple wedding planners, you know, doing multiple weddings on every, any given weekend. It allows us to really hone in on the service that we're able to provide and make it um, more upscale. But to answer your question, um, I don't run into that problem really anymore because when I was running into that problem might be, for example, doing a month of wedding where maybe they've planned the whole wedding, they've done everything, you know, artistically and aesthetically, and uh, they've picked the vendors and they've done everything. And here they are just handing it over to you saying, here you go, take it and run with it. You have had no control over what it's going to look like, who's going to be there, what the vendors are, if the vendors are reliable, are they going to show up? You know, you have no control over any of that. 
So you're kind of flying blind until you get there and you see what happens. So it's um, so transitioning from doing that really has alleviated any problems because, you know, my clients that come to me know that I'm going to be super respectful of their budget and that they're hiring me because, you know, they have already seen what I've done on Instagram. They've already seen my YouTube channel. They've already seen my website. They probably are, you know, a bridesmaid of a previous bride or a friend of a friend, or maybe they've come to a wedding that I've planned and they kind of already know um, coming in. And if they don't, then, you know, I talk them through it in the initial consultation and I'll be the first, you know, to say that, hey, I don't really, you know, think that, um, you know, I, you know, I'll be upfront and honest and just say, Hey, you know, you are, you can have an amazing wedding at that budget, but for what you're telling me that you're wanting, you know, I don't think it's going to cover it given your guest count or given your location or given whatever, you know, the case may be. So, uh, you know, I, I give my advice, but at the end of the day, I want my clients to have the wedding that they want to have. And, you know, at the end of the day, like my brand is important, but what they want is more important. And that's, that's kind of how I feel about it. And um, because I don't really do those month of weddings anymore, I have more of a sense of control over, you know, being able to recommend people that I know they're going to love, they're going to trust, they're going to do a great job, they're going to show up, they're going to bring what they said they were going to bring, and it's going to look good. So fortunately, you know, I haven't had too much of a problem with it not representing my brand. Being the owner of your company at such a young age, was there ever a time where you felt like, okay, this is too much? Or did you ever get to a point where you were like, man, did I really bite off more than I could chew? Um, you know, it's so funny. It's been so long that my initial reaction is like, no, I don't think so. But I'm sure there was. I'm sure if you ask my husband, I'm sure there were nights where I came home, you know, in a frenzy because something. Um in general, as far as my personality goes, I'm a people pleaser. I want everybody to be happy. I want my clients to be super happy. I want my vendors to be super happy. I want my team to be super happy. And of course, at the end of the day, you can't please everybody. So I think my biggest um, emotional uh, moments in my journey of being an entrepreneur are maybe when something went wrong that was either out of my control or even in my control that upset somebody. And so that, that has been the hardest part for me um, to, to cope with is you can't please everybody. I'm going to do my damnedest to make sure that, you know, all my clients get my blood, sweat, and tears, and I will do anything and everything for them. And, you know, we could call up any single one of them right now, and they would say that that's true. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, sometimes things are out of your control, or sometimes we're all human. We mess up. We do things that you know, maybe weren't the best choice in the moment, you know, given what we, either we were tired or we didn't know something or we didn't have all the information or whatever, we all make mistakes. And the best thing that, you know, that I've learned throughout the course of my entrepreneurial journey is just to own up to those mistakes as fast as possible and to come, you know, to whoever it is, be it the client or the vendor, or whoever, uh, with a solution. So instead of just presenting a problem, I try to present a solution alongside and just say, hey, this is the issue, but here's how we can fix it. Um, that's been major. And that took a lot of time for me to learn. And so I think probably any time that I felt like, oh my gosh, I've bitten off more than I can chew, or oh my gosh, this is too much for me right now, is if somebody was really unhappy or upset. Hey, Rachel. So you know, a lot of people obviously see you as the face of AYW and you've talked about the value of having, you know, good team um, yeah. from, you know, helping you lift as you climb. Um, and I know that you and Abel have a very um, strong faith in spiritual life. Yeah. Um, Mark 325 says a house divided cannot stand. Both you and your husband, Abel, which, by the way, if uh, all visionaries that are listening, if you haven't had an opportunity in season one, episode five, Abel Garcia, the million dollar bandle, make sure you check that out. Um, but both you and your husband are wildly successful in your, your areas of, of business. How does having a supportive spouse uh, help in, in running your business? Oh, my gosh. I, I tell people all the time that I could not do it without him. And 
it's so unique because he is such a dreamer and such a visionary and so creative and just so unapologetically himself that um, it has inspired me to be that way too. Whereas I catch myself being more, you know, logical, trying to, you know, stay more grounded, which has its place. Um, but I would get so caught up in uh, the stress, the worry, the what ifs, that had I not had him to say, you know, you know, don't worry about that. You know, if, if it fails, it fails and we move on, you know, let's just work as hard as we can, you know, go after your dream as, as hard as you can and what could be the worst that happens. And so if it weren't for him and his support and, uh, his words of advice and encouragement and just being a shoulder to cry on sometimes, I don't know if I could have done it, especially at that young age. And, um, and not only, not only that, as far as advice and being there for you, but like, I don't think a lot of people understand the sacrifice that it takes. And I don't think I understood really until maybe the past year or two, how much he had to sacrifice because of my business and because of how, I mean, if you think about it, you know, we were doing 35 or so weddings a year. I was personally, so that's 35 Friday nights that I'm at rehearsals. That's all day Saturday from, yeah. you know, sun up to sun down, sometimes getting home at like two or three in the morning and I'm exhausted on Sunday. So I'm, you know, not even emotionally available all day Sunday because I'm exhausted. And then, you know, here goes Monday. Okay. I'm the business owner. I better get back up there. I better get, you know, back to the office and back on the grind. And so years of that at the beginning of our relationship where I de dedicated so much time and so much energy to this business, it's like, it's like, it's your baby when you're an entrepreneur, you know, you want it to, you know, grow up and you want it to foster, uh, you know, everything that you can and put as much work and love into it that you can so that it can be all that it can be. Um, but that can have a sacrifice on your personal life. And I really don't think I understood how much he put up with, um, during that time until recently. And so, you know, I've expressed to him how grateful that I am that he was there for me through that, not only being, you know, an emotional sounding board, but also, you know, giving up weekends with me and being understanding of that. And, uh, that that's something that's huge that I don't think a lot of people think about. I'm curious. Did you plan your own wedding? Of course. <laughs> I'm, just here, I mean, we, of course. I'm just wondering like, okay, you got this expertise in it. Like, did you actually trust somebody to plan your own day or were you just like, no, I got this? Yeah, no, I, um, I was really excited to plan my own wedding and Abel had a lot of input too. Um, and, uh, uh, my team facilitated it on the day of. So, um, you know, I knew I was in good hands with my girls. Um, but yeah, it, um, one thing that I went through when I was planning my own wedding was, um, just feeling a lot of pressure, like, oh my gosh, all eyes are going to be on me. Everybody's going to be judging my wedding because I'm a wedding planner. So I better make it awesome. It better be perfect, you know? And so, um, anytime a fellow wedding industry, uh, wedding planner gets, uh, engaged, I call them immediately and I'm like, babe, do not feel that pressure. It's not, it's unnecessary. And, uh, cause everybody understands. I mean, um, everybody is in a different place in their life and has different finances and different things that they want for their wedding and different guest counts and all of that. But Abel was really good about talking me off the ledge when it came to pressure of, of, uh, what everyone might think about our wedding. So what are some of the biggest misconceptions of being a wedding planner? Oh gosh. Great question. Um, yeah. So I find that a lot of times, you know, and of course it is a super fun job. It's creative. You're with people on the most, um, you know, happiest moment of their life and they're really excited. And it's, you know, a time when family comes together and friends come together. So there's a lot of positive, of course, things about it. Um, but I would definitely say the most common misconception is that it's all sunshine and rainbows and we're eating cake and sipping champagne and it's all glamorous and wonderful and, you know, smiles all the time. And, um, 
you know, that's part of it, of course, but the other part of it is, you know, just boring old paperwork and just <laughs> grinding, you know, just making holes and, you know, setting up meetings and uh, stuffing invitations and licking 500 envelopes and, <sighs> you know, going to the post office a million times a week and running errands. And, you know, there's, there's a lot more behind the scenes that, that go into it that it's so funny whenever I have, you know, summer interns come in, they're like, oh, oh, we're not tasting cake today. You know, we're not, you know, tasting the wedding menu today, you know. So it, it, I tell anybody that, you know, uh, I interview, one of the questions I ask is, you know, are they okay just, you know, if, if you see a piece of trash or something on the floor uh, in the wedding reception ballroom, what are you going to do? Are you going to pick it up? Or are you going to walk right by it? You know, I, I pay attention to those kind of things because we're not too good to crawl around on the floor and, you know, fix something underneath a table. You know, I, I've been asked to do the craziest things on the wedding day. So what's one of the craziest things you've been asked? <laughs> um, gosh, uh, I don't want to open the door. We got to walk. Yeah, through now. that's oh, right. Okay. Um, I mean, some of the funniest things are, and I'm, I'm still friends with this bride and she's, she'll think this is funny, but one of the funniest things um, was it was a hot, 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 hot day outside. And so one of my brides had a strapless dress and she would just give me kind of like a head nod and she wanted me to drop ice down her cleavage into her dress just to keep her cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have, that, that is possibly one of the biggest aspects of my job that you don't think about is just keeping the bride cool. I have a little fan in my emergency kit and half the time I'm underneath the dress, just fanning. <laughs> fanning. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, gosh, we've had, um, all sorts of crazy things happen. We had a bridesmaid one time, just lift up the table linen and just puke right underneath it and, uh, had to deal with that. I mean, we've had uh people pass out during the ceremony we've had you know entire wedding cakes not show up there's you have to really think on your feet fast and be a problem solver and um you know never rest on your laurels because i tell my assistant all the time i'm like man i thought we'd been through everything i thought nothing else could happen that could phase me but here we are with such and such happening and you know we got to figure out how to deal with this so it's, um, it, you know, there's always a challenge and always a struggle, but it makes for a good story later. Sure. And speaking of stories, um, you have a YouTube channel. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Um, Absolutely. First and foremost, how can they get a hold of you? Sure. So um, on YouTube, my channel is just Rachel Burt Garcia. And then my personal Instagram where I post lots of wedding things and lots of behind the scenes things is Rachel Burt Garcia as well. Um, my business Instagram is at as you wish underscore DFW. And um, yeah, so on my YouTube channel, I mean, we have lots of fun. The, the whole idea behind it is to bring value to people and to give wedding planning advice. And um, so whether you have a question about, you know, when are you supposed to send out your wedding invitations or how do you come up with a wedding budget or, hey, I just got engaged and what are the next five things I should do? You know, advice from a professional that's here to help you that, um, you know, can guide you in some of those, you know, frequently asked questions. And then, um, of course, there's a lot of other fun things on my YouTube channel, um, a lot of behind the scenes on Real Housewives uh, episodes. So anytime that I've been on the show, I've had my videographer come and uh, film kind of what's going on behind the scenes and just a lot of, a lot of fun content, you know, that is a little more vlog style of what a wedding planner does in a day or, you know, I've had a videographer follow me around at a wedding and, you know, kind of see what happens behind the scenes. So lots of fun things. For sure. For gotcha. sure. Well, so we're, uh, we're approaching the time we're about to have to land the plane, unfortunately. So you had a vision when you first purchased as you wish, and yeah. I'm sure that you have taken steps to, to make that vision become a reality. Cuff and I are both curious of what's the vision for As You Wish and for the future, down the road, sure. if you will. Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I would love to, you know, ride this thing till the wheels fall off, so to speak, and um, really have set it up in such a way that I feel really confident that 
Um, what I'm doing now is working as far as taking on about, you know, 12 to 14 weddings a year, focusing on really big, you know, luxury weddings and giving my all to those clients and having my team assist me with that. So for the foreseeable future, and of, of course, everything with coronavirus and stuff is kind of, you know, from a business standpoint, have me kind of take a look at how, how all this plays out. But the future just looks like keeping on grinding and keeping on doing what we're doing because it's working. And, um, you know, every year the weddings are getting bigger and more, you know, complex. And it's still providing us with that challenge that we love. Um, so right now for the foreseeable future, it's just business as usual and keeping on keeping on um, for now. So that's what we're up to. So you just mentioned, uh, we, we talked about this starting off the, uh, the episode here with yeah. coronavirus. Um, a lot of folks are taking this time to uh, get better at their craft or get better as an individual, what have you. Absolutely. What are some of the things that you're, you're doing for AYW coming mm -hmm. out of, of COVID-19? Definitely. So um, from a very tactical standpoint, we are, um, you know, catching up on things uh, that have maybe been on the back burner list. Like for example, getting all photos from all past uh, weddings that we maybe don't have from fall of last year from the photographers, getting the videos that we maybe don't have from fall of last year for photographers or from videographers. Um, posting that on our website, on our social media, you know, making sure we have everything saved and backed up, making sure that all of our, you know, filing is all up to date and that we have, you know, everything saved and backed up like we need to, uh, updating our website, submitting we weddings to magazines and blogs and, because everybody's on the internet right now, so, you know, making sure that we're still staying, you know, present in everybody's mind. Um, and a huge tip I have, and I don't know who all knows about this already, but there's a software that I use called, called Planoly, P-L-A-N-O-L-Y. And it's a software where you can pre-plan your Instagram posts and it will automatically post to your account um, if you have a business account. And so that's something tactically that I, anytime I have a free hour, I just start uploading pictures, uploading pictures into Planoly and uh, you know, writing the captions and tagging people and just getting our social media up to date because that's what everybody's looking at right now. That is a huge nugget. Yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah, so we can all tell changer. you, yeah, we can tell you that that takes a lot of time. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, we're going to give you a scenario as we get ready to wind it down. Um, th there is a round table. Uh, you have one of the seats and there are five other seats at the table. Um, who do you want at your table? The only caveat is that you can't have Jesus there because who wouldn't want to talk to him? Oh, that's tough. Okay. Um, that's really tough. Dead or alive? Dead or alive. Doesn't matter. There is no wrong answer. We're just curious. Interesting. Okay. Um, so I would probably say um, one to be Ivanka Trump. I, pre-politics, um, you know, always looked up to her because I really think that um, she has a really good head on her shoulders. I think she's very smart. I think that she presents herself well and is really classy. I'd love to pick her brain a little bit. So that's probably one. Um, two, let's see. It's so hard for me not to just say like Nicki Minaj because I would love to party with her. Um, well, she but, can be on your at your table. It's totally fine. Yeah. It's your yeah. table. There's no rules. Um, I'm trying to think about like people I'd wanna I'd wanna learn something from. Oh, okay. Uh, Tony Robbins for sure. Yep. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yep. Um, let's see. You might not get a word in with those two there. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, I would probably, um, you know who I would like to meet who I've never met, uh, and maybe this podcast will get around to him, but is Colin Cowie. He is a celebrity wedding planner, and I actually, in high school, bought his wedding planning book, and so that was one of my first foyers into even knowing that wedding planning was a career, so I'd love to get the opportunity to talk to him. Um, you got well. one more seat. One more. I'm, I'm writing that down, by the way, because Colin Cowie. I'm going to write them, put that in the book. Yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, one more. 
We've got Tony Robbins, Gary mm-hmm. V, Colin Cowie, and who was the first one? Ivanka uh, Trump. Ivanka mm-hmm. Trump, free politics. All right, yeah, one more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then I would maybe say Michelle Obama. I think it'd be, I think she, again, is also like a, a really powerful woman, woman in leadership, someone who I'd like to learn from. She's very into health and well-being. I just really like her and I look up to her too. Absolutely. All right. So um, before, you know, this is the final question we ask it on every single episode of the podcast. Uh-huh. Um, one more time with your social media handles. Oh, great. Okay. So my personal social media is at Rachel Burt Garcia, R-A-C-H-E-L-B-U-R-T-G-A-R-C-I-A. Um, and then my business Instagram is at as you wish underscore DFW. And that's A-S-Y-O-U-W-I-S-H underscore D-F-W. Beautiful. Okay. So we asked this question to every single guest on the podcast. Okay. Okay. Um, we have a magic time machine. Okay? okay. And in our time machine, we're going to go back five years. Okay. What advice would Rachel Burt Garcia be giving herself from five years ago? Stop stressing the small stuff. That's the biggest one is, is it worrying only punishes yourself twice, right? Mm. So you punish yourself with the worry and then the outcome might be a punishment or you punish yourself with the worry and then everything's fine and there's no need to worry. So that's, that's my biggest, um, my biggest piece of advice and that perfection is an illusion. And, you know, I fully believe in the pursuit of perfection and, you know, really working towards being your best possible self, but don't kill yourself over it if, it if you're not at the end of the day perfect because we're all human and we all make mistakes. Absolutely love that. All right, now let's, we're going to fast forward the clock five years from now. Okay, so yeah. you're five years older. Okay. What is the older version of yourself? What advice would you be giving yourself today? Oh, gosh. Um, probably just don't get complacent. Don't rest on your laurels because you know, I I often am like, man, you know, look how far I've come. I'm killing it. I'm doing great. But also, you know, the minute that you rest easy, there's somebody else, you know, on the come up that's looking to, you know, take your place. And the minute that you get complacent, that starts to happen. So, um, you know, I never want to stop working hard for my clients that are trusting me with their big day. And I never want to, um, you know, get too big for my britches or anything like that. So that's definitely something that's always on my mind. Absolutely love that. Okay, visionaries, first and foremost, don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you hit the uh, the like button if you enjoy the content. Also, remember the Vision Lab podcast is designed to give you the blueprint to really become the best version of yourself, right? All of our guests will leave breadcrumbs on the trail of life, and it's really up to you to pick them up and apply them as you see fit. Ladies and gentlemen, the voice you have been listening to is Rachel Burt Garcia. She is the owner of As You Wish, the wedding planning service, which I believe is in Addison, Texas, correct? That's right. My name is Ryan Mosley. He is Ryan Cuffey, and we will see you next week on another episode of the Vision Lab podcast. Thank you all for listening. Blessings.